I, I want to welcome you to today's edition of The Bradley Hall Show. And I am your host, The Bradley Hall. Hey, first, I want to say thank you for checking out the podcast. Second, I want to ask you to please share with your friends, tell everyone you know, uh, help us gain subscribers, and help us get the word out. Also, if you haven't recently, I want to encourage you to check out my website, www.thebradleyhall.com. We've got a lot of free content. we got a lot of cool things coming up here at the end of the year and towards the first of the year uh, that we really want to share with you. So thanks again, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. I want to welcome my guest today, uh, Danny Doran. Uh, welcome, Danny. Hey. hey. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. So... Um, Gosh, we got lots to talk about. I want to, uh, Danny and I, uh, we met each other um, in meditation class, mm-hmm. of all things. Um, it's pretty cool. We got paired up. We were going through the mindfulness certification program that I've talked about uh, on, on this podcast before. And um, we just kind of, and I think you and I talked about this. I tried to connect with like four or five different people and then. I couldn't get any, any, anybody to either show up or, ever, you know, they kept canceling or, or whatever. And then um, somehow you and I clicked and I, we were, I had anticipated that we were just going to work together like once or twice. We had to, we had to do like what, 10 sessions, I think. Yeah. And yeah. I just thought you and I would work together like once or twice and I move on to somebody else. And uh, we just, we just clicked. Yeah. I don't even think we were supposed to guide each other through meditations. And I think our first couple calls were just all talking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were. Um, and I think a couple of times we had to stop talking. We had to, we had to consciously stop talking. To- <laughs> Redirect ourselves. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good deal. I'm, I'm glad you're here. Um, we got a lot to talk about and uh, I have varying to- various topics here on my podcast but overall it's about holistic health and really personal healing self-healing i'm real big on self-healing healing and i know you are you are too that's why i'm really excited about um, this today because we have this connection of mindfulness and even though we have this connection of mindfulness we've gone in in different directions completely yeah yeah danny but to get this conversation rolling can you just tell the listeners um, a little bit about yourself So first off, I'm a mom to three-year-old twins, and I am a restaurant owner. I own a breakfast restaurant with my mom. We've been there for 14 years, and that is such a ride in itself, but absolutely wonderful. Um, I also am a wellness coach and a yoga instructor and a meditation teacher. Um, Do you want to plug your restaurant? Sure. Yeah. It's called Grumpy's Cafe. Grumpy's Cafe. Yeah. And it's in Tremont, which is a little, well, it's Cleveland. Okay. On the south side of Cleveland there. Okay. So yeah, come check us out. Yeah, for sure. I, I, need, I need to get up there. You do. It, and, but I'm going to have to wait. I'm going to have to wait until the spring. I'm not coming up in the winter. I think I told you. <laughs> you did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We recently just opened back up because we were closed for quarantine. We closed in March. Um, so I had a lot of quiet time, um, which 
actually worked out really well for me. It let some new things open and um, tied into the most recent transition that I've made was moving um, with my two kids. So separating from my husband of seven years and um, just getting back to what what fuels me and what fuels my heart. Um, I, I dubbed this year as a love story to myself, which I haven't, I've been nervous to really share that with a ton of people because I think in the wrong context, it can be um, taken as selfish or you know, here you have a mom, you have a, a mom who has a business, who had a life to take care of and all of these things that um, I really resonated with for a long time and it, it created who I was and um, really what came to fruition through the mindfulness um, and meditation certification where I met you was um, a, a true spiritual awakening, a, a deeper understanding of myself that all of these names and labels that I was really trying to live up to was they're all just things. Um, and they created these expectations that just weren't sitting well with me anymore. Um, so I, I needed some space. I needed to take some time for myself and um, I co-parent with um, my kid's dad. And this, this last year has been a, really tapping into um, wellness, getting myself back after carrying twins and how do I care for myself as, you know, a 37 year old mom who has a business is also looking to do, um, you know, some things on the side. That's when I decided to jump into yoga training and um, really just follow the things that fueled my heart and what makes me tick. And I had forgotten those things. So it was kind of like a relearning of myself. Yeah. So what I hear you saying, and I, I'm cheating a little bit because I do, I do know the story. Yeah. Um, but, I, but I think it's important because um, I talk about this a lot and, and I just finished my book and the, the, the whole, this is the whole premise of my book. And a lot of times we just find ourselves making a decision that's connected to the previous decision and making and connect. And then another decision is connected to the previous decision and another, and it's called standard deviancy that we're headed one direction and we adjust slightly five degrees to another direction. That's the new North. We adjust slightly five degrees again. That's the new North. We adjust. And before you know it, we're headed back the other direction, a completely different direction than where we're, where we're initially headed. And we become something that we, didn't create we just reactively made these decisions based on what was presented and then we find ourselves caught up acting for for lack of a better word just mm -hmm. going through the motions and acting and doing the things that we think we're supposed to do that come with these labels and roles I love the word labels that you used at the beginning mm -hmm. and it sounds like that's exactly what you're saying to me definitely yeah yeah it so, was a lot of pressure yeah absolutely so, and, and it's curious, it's so awesome because what, what stopped the pressure was the silence. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
And it was, I thought I had spent time by myself, right? Like I thought I, I was meditating for, you know, 15, maybe 20 minutes. And I said, oh yeah, I'm, I would like to teach this to others. I remember you and I having conversations like this. That was kind of, I think what connected us maybe in the beginning is that here we, we came into this program to learn how to teach mindfulness and meditation to others. And here it was this deeper unfolding of relearning ourselves and seeing things that we, you know, I had no idea were still kind of nestled inside of me. Um, so it, it really redirected my mindset when it came to, you know, what, what is my purpose here? Because it, it completely changed and altered. And, and yes, I definitely am using what I learned there for other people, but that is kind of the, the cherry on top, you know, that's not like the, the main juiciness of it all. Yeah. Yeah. So I you brought up a couple of good, my mind, my, my mind is just going all over the place. I, I want, but I want to, I want to hit this first point home that we get so caught up in the noise. Mm -hmm. And then when the noise is gone, that's when the clarity sets in. Mm -hmm. So you spend all these years doing these things that you thought were you, that you thought you should do. And once the noise was gone and then the clarity set in, you're able to tap into your intuition. It's the you that has been buried below all this superficial stuff. And I don't think people, I, I want to stress to everybody listening, no matter who it is, we're going to, it, I would be, we'd be hard pressed to find anyone listening who has experienced this at a maximum level. Most people are just unaware that this is going on, that, that there's this, all this chaos. Some people find a little bit of reprieve when they go on vacation. Maybe they go, they go camping or they, if, if they're lucky enough to go to the beach and relax, I know that anymore, a lot of vacations, you need, you need a vacation after you come home from your vacation because we fill it full of crap all, all right around too. So I just think it, I want to hit this point home that, <clears throat> that we need a break. And that's, that's what this mindfulness did for us. I think you and I both had this in common. We both had knew about meditation. We both had practiced meditation. We thought coming in that we had a really good grasp on all this. And that's why we wanted to get certified, <laughs> maybe to up our game a little bit and then <laughs> share with other people. And then we got in and realized we didn't know near as much as we thought we did. Oh gosh, no. Yeah. No. And is, go ahead. Yeah. You said something interesting there that I, in the stillness is where the clarity came. Now, when you mention, you know, going on vacation and kind of relaxing, I actually have kind of taken meditation and silence. Um, how do I want to say this? So there's, Mindfulness meditation specifically spoke to me because it was turning inwards. Wellness is becoming, you know, a very well-known word and, you know, a little trendy of sorts. And there's some meditations that can take you away. And I think that's where the vacation, right? Like we kind of are separating ourselves from what's really going on. Right. And you, you get this break. But some people aren't taking the break because they're seeing what they haven't been able, you know, when they haven't been willing to look at. So 
for me, the stillness and the clarity, clarity to me almost sounds positive. I, I guess maybe that's my own interpretation of it, but the clarity was, was terrifying because it meant doing something, you know, it meant seeing something that I really wasn't willing to see before. Um, so that's, I think, where the stillness, I just wanted to, I guess, make sure it wasn't just seen as this really easy, you know, free flowing, like, oh, once you get quiet, then you just make the next step and you just do the next thing. And then, and then we're all clear, you know, that it's, um, it's, it's really gritty. And it's really, um, it was a very, um, I guess, opposite of a vacation for me, because it actually looked like doing something. Yeah, I, I understood. When the moment of clarity first comes, the analogy I use is that it's like being in in your bedroom and and the house catches on fire, and that the fire is between you and the door, and you have two choices: you can either hide under the bed or the closet and eventually burn up in the fire, or you can run through the fire and get burned and get out to safe. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's exactly what you're describing here. Exactly. Um, and so you bring up a great point about meditation. Many people think that meditation, and it, and it is, and it can be, that meditation is about relaxation. Mm-hmm. And and it can be. What what we're talking, what you're talking about is, and I guess we're talking about with the clarity that comes with the mindfulness, um, is is really both. Because when we become mindful and we cut the noise out, and we're confronted to look in the mirror, mm-hmm. which is called. I call it facing the dragon. Um, it's confronting the monster. There's still a clear, there's still something. I don't know that I want to say relaxing, but there's something very healing about that. Yes. Um, because we we're we're cutting through the illusion, and the illusion is the ego's attempt to make us feel better, and in the end, it causes us more pain in the long run. It's a temporary fix, and when we get to this point, it's like the Matrix when Neo finally was shown what the matrix was it was kind of a shitty place but he was free right and he was happy to be free so that i think that's exactly what what we're talking about here um facing facing the monster mm-hmm. this is the shadow young called it the shadow side this is the hero's journey we, we we see it in things like the lion king right so Simba matures and he now, and he realizes what life is really like, that, you know, as a child, everything's magical and, and he grows up, the hero grows up and realizes that life isn't exactly perfect and he runs away from it. When he runs away from it, things get worse. Eventually, he realizes the only, it's going to continue to get worse. The only way to get better is to go back and confront the monster, confront the adversary, confront the demon and vanquish the adversary. Mm-hmm. And that's what I call owning your experience when you, when you finally move into, which is what you've done, when you move into that that realm where things aren't, they're not exactly um, perfect. It's not a utopia, but you now have, we now have control. We have the ability to make our own decisions in a way we've never been able to do before. Before they were reactive, now they're proactive and they're in our mm-hmm. best interest. Would you say mm-hmm. that's fair assumption oh definitely yeah 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 um and i I think it's amazing that i kind of i kind of gone through this journey with you i mean we we Mm -hmm. we met in class 
this this was all really starting to unfold for you right at that particular particular time. Definitely. And it's been amazing to 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 be your friend and watch you watch you go through this and uh, and see the and see the. I didn't even want to say happiness. Happiness is such a weird word, right? I yeah. I lately I've been shying away from happiness, from positivity, from all of these words that are you know one extreme or the other, um, because you know, a love story to myself also can be taken on an extremely positive note, right? Like I could go get pedicures every day and take a bath every day and, you know, all of this stuff, but really I'm, it's the total other realm. It's, it's taking on the responsibility of running a home all on my own, taking the responsibility of raising my children, you know, while they're here with me on my own, um, really looking at myself in the mirror and knowing that it is all in me right that my life is a complete mirror of what I'm putting out there and so I have seen so many things that that you know are definitely part of that that shadow side I'm I'm right there diving into all of that and and I'm willing to see it um and and work through it and that's what just has me in this going into this as a business and a, a lifelong career, a life practice, really, because um, it's, I've seen just the immense amount of knowledge that I've gained in my own self that I, I want everybody to know about it. I want everybody to know that they have the ability to heal themselves and to acknowledge and accept each and every part of themselves. Um, even, you know, the parts that you weren't willing to see for a long time or ever. And I'd like to add, when you said that everyone has the ability to heal themselves, I want to add that everyone not only has the ability to heal themselves, but they have the responsibility. That's the only way we heal. We, th we, think, that, we think that psychologists and psychiatrists heal us, but they, they don't. All they are, they are, they're guides. They're educated guides who know how to manipulate the, the situation to a specific degree, but the healing that's done is really internal. Sure, they're, they're space holders, right? Like they create a container right. for us that we walk into and we say, oh, I feel safe. I can let my guard down. Right. And they, they ask questions and you do all the work. That's right. Mm -hmm. And this is in no way, shape or form, you know, diminishing the responsibility that, that, that trained professionals have Oh gosh, no! And their That's abilities. where I started. Yeah. In therapy, yeah. starting to learn. Yeah, absolutely. Therapy is a great thing, but mm -hmm. I, it's just important that people understand that they, we, 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 uh, we drive this car. I mean, the, the 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 professionals just get in with us, whether it's a psychologist, psychiatrist, mm -hmm. a coach, whatever the case may be. Um, they they just they're just passengers in the car, telling you where to go. You're actually driving the vehicle. Mm -hmm. All right. So what? What has been the biggest challenge for you in your journey? Trusting myself, learning that I had intuition. I, I don't think I really even knew what that was. It was, it looked a little bit more like, well, what am I supposed to do next? Because it, it had been laid out fairly easily. Oh, well, you go to college. Oh, okay. Well, after that, what do you do? Oh, well, you get married. Okay, after that, what do you do? Yeah. Your kids. Um, so once I had checked the list, 
I felt really lost. I didn't know where to go, what to do, what was next. Um, so being able to get quiet enough to acknowledge that I have an inner knowing and really get to know her. Um, and then trust what I saw. Trust what my body was telling me. Trust that I had the power to make the next steps that nobody, nobody had to tell me what was there. Yeah. And where to go next. Did you, did you have any type of internal conflict, any neg negativity or shame or anything like that as you, as you began to evolve through this experience and, and listen to this intuition? Did you have any part of you that was like, that's crazy talk, don't, you, you know, you can't do this or this isn't going to work and do you have any of that? Oh, completely. Yeah. It was, it was a lot of, I knew pretty quickly it, it was other people's voices that I, that had, you know, I've, I had conversations. I think I would process everything out loud, right? Like my family, we talk a lot and we don't really sit all that often. Okay. So the way I processed was you, you talk to your friend and you call this person and you do this and, and you just talk, 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 talk. And really a lot of that was to gain outside validation. So I was looking for them to say, okay, yeah, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. You should do that. Yeah. Okay. Do this. And kind of the things that I wanted to do next, it wasn't, I wasn't getting that outside validation. <laughs> um, and then I, my sister, who I'm very close with, I think she wanted to be able to give me outside validation, but she was really, really great in the sense that she ended up being almost a coach. She turned me inwards and would ask me questions and not give me the answer. So it was really a blessing to become closer with her over the last year because she, she knew that I already knew, right? So she was able to, um, hold space for me while I felt the shame, while I felt the, um, you know, pressures from outside, you know, the outside world that making big changes wasn't something that you should do. And what if you lose it all? And, and, you know, it was, I think I had sat with it for so long that once I finally decided to make the next move, I had, I had overcome the the shame of it all because I really was sitting in that for a long time yeah it's a really really shitty place to be isn't it <laughs> yeah it really is <laughs> it really is I went through a very long period of that about 15 years ago and we talked about that mm -hmm. um, and it was a very 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 dark dark place um as I worked through all the trauma that I had gone through as a childhood and, you know, it started with looking at myself in the mirror and the shadow side and not making any excuses. There were, I could have made a lot of excuses, but that wasn't going to get me anywhere. I had to, you know, I had to take ownership and take responsibility and then, and then work my way from, from that. And that, that shame, there's a re, I mean, there's a reason they call it toxic shame. I mean, it's, it's toxic and it disrupts our serotonin levels and it's um, becomes a positive feedback loop. 
Oh, yeah. We feel shitty, and so our body our body starts to slow down and shut down, and, and it doesn't create serotonin, so we feel even shittier, which causes worse thoughts. And it's it's really difficult to get that ball moving back in the right direction. But, it, it, I mean, you're living proof. It can be done. Oh, yeah. Um, I lived in a shame, a constant shame circle for many, many, many years. Um, I think what was when I experienced it more was when I really stopped drinking, um, which was at the very beginning of my, my marriage. Um, I shouldn't, I didn't stop, but that was when it kind of, it had come to a head where the drinking was getting out of control. It was, you know, blacked out and just completely numb. Um, when I, when I would go out and that's when I started experiencing extreme anxiety and, um, you know, cause I had, I had numbed myself for a number of years and then you go ahead and stop that. And that's when everything that you were numbing comes up. So I, my brain was really wired for that shame, right? You wouldn't, I wouldn't drink for a little while and then you'd go out, you drink your face off and then you wake up and you regret it all. And you sit there with making all those poor decisions and then you don't, I'd never realized that it was truly programming my brain to just want and need that cycle. So whether drinking was involved or any other, you know, decision that just didn't really align with my true self came about, I would sit in that shame for, you know, a day or two or three. And then you just continue on that cycle. And it wasn't until, I mean, it, it started dissipating. And then when I had my children, I think it, uh, I got a little bit better because I had a bigger sense of responsibility. And then once I made the step to um, be on my own was when I really started healing that truly because I had let all of the outside weights kind of drop off yeah. and uh, not could see the shame cycle like so, so, so clearly. Yeah. Which is a, an extremely critical component of this. I don't think people, I think people are caught in their own cycle and don't understand how the cycle works because I, I'm convinced that just, I'm convinced that just about everyone has an addiction to something. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And so, some of the addictions are just more tolerated than others. You know, for example, in this country, we celebrate workaholics. Yes. Um, but they all work in that very similar cycle that, uh, we, we, we make those decisions for what, to whatever the, the addiction may be, whatever the numbing agent that we need is, um, there's, there's some type of fallout interaction. Um, and then, and then after that, there is the shame that comes back in. We sit with the shame for a while. And then eventually we get to the point where, um, uh, we come back around and we need that agent again. It's, mm -hmm. it's a true definition of an addiction, no matter how, you know, how do you look at it? And I really believe this, everyone has it to, to some degree. Sure. For yeah. a while, it was, it was, because the, how do I explain this? It's, you know, the drinking created this heightened sense of excitement in a way, right? So then once I wasn't using the drinking, it was the, you know, picking a fight or, or being a brat, you know, like in a relationship and, and reaching that heightened sense of excitement that your body still craved, but I just got it in a different way. So you kind of create this, you know, you, you rustle it up a little bit, you 
you know, pick a fight or you do something that I didn't even recognize I was doing. And then so that you could, you know, be able to come down and then, you know, eventually a couple days are good. And then you just continuously live in this cycle. So the addiction could look like even uh, an action in yourself or a feeling rather than even, you know, shopping or, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be something that you pick up and can actually hold. It could be your words. Absolutely. Absolutely. It can be, it it can be drama. It can be fighting. It can be compulsive spending. It can be gambling, porn. I mean, there's delicious food. This goes on and on and on. And I think what people don't, many people don't recognize the pattern in themselves and they don't understand when they look at someone else, I was going to say objectively, which is not objectively when they judge someone else, they don't understand that, that an alcoholic has a lot of shame that drives their behavior. It's it's self-perpetuated at this point. It's a positive feedback loop. They've disappointed themselves. They've disappointed people in their lives. And, I, and, I'm, I, and I'm using probably an extreme alcoholic, someone who has probably lost just about everything. Mm-hmm. They wake up and their, their life is shitty and they know it's shitty and they know their drinking has been responsible, which they associate them, themselves as the drinking as themselves. They don't separate themselves from the behavior, which is part of this conversation. Maybe we could talk about that here in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, they see themselves as a drunk. They don't understand that they're a human being caught in a, a, a positive feedback loop. I, I hate the word positive feedback loop. Um, that's what it's called, but they're caught in this cycle yes. and their life is driven by shame. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's an alcoholic or a, a drug addict or a compulsive gambler. It's that's why it's a sickness. And there's a lot more to it than people think of just, well, why are you making these decisions? It's very hard to get the ball stopped. Mm-hmm. And like I said earlier, rolling, rolling back the other way, which is um, mindfulness, I think is a going back to the beginning of the conversation is the critical component of that. I really believe I, that this, I was convinced after we finished our certification mm-hmm. and as I've gone out and worked with clients and, and wrote and I wrote this book. I really believe that mindfulness is pretty much the closest thing to snake oil, a cure all uh, that we have on this planet. That it can it can solve ninety eight percent of our, our our problems. I really believe that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, you said a minute ago. You said something about when you when you were sitting with your shame and uh, some of the things that you recognize that the voices were other people's voices, the things yeah. you, the things you heard in your head were other people's voices. You want to elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah. I remember specifically one time talking about becoming a life coach, um, starting my own business. Um, and I remember my husband saying, well, you, you can't ever leave the restaurant. Um, and I, I don't even want to pin him as being, you know, a, you know, you can't leave there, but I think I was based in fear on his part, right? Like not, not recognizing that, um, or, or worrying. Well, it's common advice that anybody would give you. Yeah. And, and, and you, you kind of touched on some, when you're talking about your sister, that she, she kind of turned around and was actually became a coach rather than giving you advice yes. because anybody in their right mind would be like, you can't leave the restaurant. Right. Anybody would. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and in my head, I was like, or 
I would say, well, well, why can't I? Why, you know, like, no, like I, I think I was, I've always been fueled with a decent sense of, you know, possibilities and opportunities and, but yeah, so that, that kind of drove me for a while, right? Because I, I wanted the support of um, a partner, which he was always very supportive um, in, in ways like that. But I think I would hear those phrases, right? And when I would go ahead and say like, oh, but you know, what would I do? How would I do something different than what I'm doing right now? And, and I must, you know, if I do something else, I must have to give up what I'm already doing. Yeah. Um, so it was very much on an extreme level um, that I, I could kind of land somewhere in between. And that's really where I'm at. Um, but it was, it was definitely a belief that I held on to that nobody else could really give you those beliefs, you know, but I, I held on to it very tightly. Yeah. Yeah. So this, uh, I, I talk, I talk a lot about this in my book and the, and the upcoming course that I'm doing in January is, okay. this is a big part of that as well. Okay. Um, and, and part of this really loops back to the book, the four agreements. Love you know, that you said you, you, yeah, you said you held on to this belief and people don't understand that every, everything that we are, we have agreed to be mm-hmm. from the time that we were raised. Mm-hmm. All right. Now that, there are some arguments that people can throw in. I'm not interested in any of those people because they're not interested in listening to what I have to say. But <laughs> like, I, I'm not interested in hearing anyone challenge me right now. Well, oh, fine. <laughs> it, it's because I've been, I've been, I've been through anything anybody can challenge. You know, if you want to challenge me on probably gender or something like that, sure. I, I don't. We're missing the point, you know, sure. and and I, I I don't have time for that. The reality is, is that when um, we grow up, um, you're so athletic, you're so handsome, you're so pretty, um, you know, I, I don't know, mm-hmm. you look better with your hair up, um, stand up straight, don't talk at dinner. All these things were programmed up until at the time we're a teenager, we slowly start to take a little more control over life. And up until that point, we have become what everyone else told us we should be. Sure. And sometimes it's words. Sometimes it's seen, you know, watching adults. Sometimes it's seen it on TV and social media, unfortunately. Different topic for a different day. <laughs> but we have agreed, we have adopted those things. So when we get older and we have these voices, this is, you know, why I asked you about those voices. Until we become aware, until we find this clarity that you're talking about and some mm-hmm. some people do it slowly over their lives as they they we mature and we get older um some people like us have something dramatic that happens that, that causes it uh what they call a moment of clarity for uh, alcoholics and addicts but you begin to 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 realize that these voices are going on in in your head mm-hmm. and which is the first step the second step is to understand that they're just things that you're repeating that you've picked up from other other places all along the way. Oh yeah. And they're they're not real. Thought thoughts aren't real. Thoughts aren't real until we choose which ones we're going to believe and then put energy into them to manifest them. And this isn't magic. This isn't this isn't, you know, this isn't the secret. I, whether you believe in the secret or not is not even the point. This isn't magic. This is truth. 
if you believe you hear you're such a loser and you think, gosh, why am I a loser? Well, you just bought in, you just <laughs> put it and, yeah. and you just, and you're manifesting that now you are becoming a loser because you, you believe it. Mm-hmm. And I th- all, I, I, I guess the, the important thing I want to say is that we all do this. We all are caring. That's why our childhood is so important. If you're raised by an abusive parent who tells you that you're worthless your entire life, you grow up believing you're worthless because you were programmed to believe you were worthless. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And we having that clarity and hearing hearing those voices and then understanding that they're not real. They're just thoughts. And we can decide which ones we believe, which ones we don't. And then through this mindfulness practice that we have that, that comes with the awareness and the mindfulness eventually we can make those thoughts and voices go away as we create our own environment. Mm-hmm. That wasn't as eloquent as I wanted to make it. But. <laughs> I was following. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think um, a couple things I could elaborate on is um, I do feel as a parent right now also that having this knowledge has I don't want to say, well, I'm not saying pressure in a negative way, but I'm accepting the pressure of being a parent while having the knowledge of um, that I'm programming my child, yeah. right? Um, that is, that's a lot of pressure. Um, but one I am completely willing to take because we have resources now. We have this knowledge that I have this knowledge that how I'm talking to my children, what I'm surrounding them with, the energy that they're in, the space that they're in is all creating what they believe, what they believe about themselves, what they believe about the world. Um, so I, I love talking about that because to me, it's like endless possibilities just keep coming up. But a little bit of the fearfulness in that is that um, it looks different. It looks a little different than the way I was raised. It looks different than a number of ways that people are still raising their children these days. And um, that's the kind of stepping into my own power and recognizing that I, I do want to give my children a different life, you know, which isn't all that far off from probably my parents, you know, oh, I want to do things different for my children the way I was raised. So I, I still have that um, belief a little bit, but um it's being able to uh, truly stand up for, for what you believe in and, and following through with it in them. Yeah. I think and empowering. I think the, I think what you're referring to with our parents um, and, and this is inclusive, this is a generational thing is mm-hmm. the, the basic reward and punishment that you can't do this because I, because I've done this or seen other people do it. When you do this, this happens. And so, so there's a, um, <clears throat> there's a study and I'm going to quote a study and not know exactly where the study is. I probably shouldn't do it, but okay. <laughs> I, I believe they had a, 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 an area that was filled with, I think chimpanzees, mm-hmm. some type of, some type of a, a, of a primate, maybe an ape. And they, they would put food at, I want to say bananas, they put food at the top of this pole. And when, when they tried to climb the pole, it would shock them. And so eventually, none of them, uh, none of the chimpanzees, 
um, if it was chimpanzees, none of them would, would go up the pole because they would all be shocked. Then they started removing the chimpanzees one at a time. They'd take one out and they'd put a new one in who hadn't been in there before. And that chimpanzee, that new chimpanzee they put in there wouldn't go up the pole because the other ones told them not to. They warned them, not, don't go up the pole. Sure. And eventually, one by one, they took all of the chimpanzees who had climbed the pole and been shocked. Eventually, they were all gone and the room was filled with chimpanzees who had never climbed the pole so they didn't have that experience they were just simply going off the 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 general concept from from the rest of the community you don't yeah. go up this pole or bad things happen mm-hmm. and so i mean that's a good thing for us as human beings because we can transfer that information to each other until until suddenly the pole doesn't shock you anymore and there's perfectly good food up there and you could have got gone up and, and gotten it yeah and you won't know because everyone's afraid to try and do something differently and i i, I think <clears throat> we have such an awareness and an understanding in in particularly with mindfulness but just the overall awareness that things can be different and so i think the knowing the awareness that you know not to program your children i i've i've shifted we talked about this too i've shifted in how i raise my kids when i began my journey about 15 years ago, my awareness began to increase that the, the critical thing is to teach them to have the awareness early. Mm-hmm. And if we give them the awareness early and they see things differently, they will naturally want to make the right decisions. Yep. Whereas if it's just reward and punishment, if the reward's going to outweigh the punishment in that system with the reward and punishment, the reward's going to outweigh the punishment, people will go for it. Uh, even if they think it might, even if it's temporary. Um, whereas with the the awareness and, and people begin to understand what's really good, what's really good for me is this the best thing for me? And and um, so it's a huge paradigm shift in thought process. And I, I I think it's amazing that you're doing that with your kids. Yeah, I think thank you. Um, I think what you were saying is a little bit of that cycle too, right? So like you have the reward and then you have the punishment, right? So that cycle we were talking about that um is very easily programmable and not even it you may not even be cognizant and sometimes I still fall into that right like I still that's how I was programmed um and where I've really tried to to navigate a little differently is to like you said kind of open the door for them to to have a purpose right so a lot of the the things that I've adapted into my life of my daily self-care routine, my, you know, just the things that I do and I have let them do those things at a really early age. Um, they use a knife in the kitchen. They, uh, not very well, you know, obviously with my supervision, but giving them these purposeful, um, activities rather than just telling them no. Yeah. Rather than just saying no, you know, and actually having a conversation with them and, and really letting them be a part of humanity, be, you know, having them acknowledge that they are, they are here for a purpose, not just to be a little sidekick next to me, you know, which they usually are the majority of the time, but you know, they, um, I can, I can really see a difference, um, sometimes in them when you're in like a large group of people and you're like, Oh my gosh, wow. I, I see my kids kind of doing the things that I've yeah. 
helped them learn how to do. And um, you can see how they feel purposeful. Yeah. Right. Like it, it's not just for my validation. It's I can notice it in them that they feel that they have purpose. And I, I really enjoy seeing that. Yeah. That's awesome. It's awesome. When, when the first, the first parenting decision I made along those lines uh, was when my boys were in high school, when they were upperclassmen in high school, they didn't have a curfew. Okay. We had a, we had a conversation around you are going to go to college. You're going to be living on your own. You're going to have to make these decisions. And you're old enough now that you can pretty, you know, we kind of, we had a rule that just let us know what's going on. So we know that you're safe. That was, you know, more of a placating us. Sure. But it was, if you want on a Wednesday night uh, uh, school, you want to come home at two 30 in the morning, be my guest, but you're getting up at six 30 in the morning and you're going to school because your responsibilities are the most important. And as long as you're meeting your responsibilities, you, you pretty much can be an adult and make your own decisions. Yeah. And I saw a huge, a huge development in, the, in their character throughout with both of them throughout their senior years of high school. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's basically the, exactly the same thing that you're talking about with letting them use a knife and, you know, rather than just telling them no and shut up and, and go away and let me do it. Um, you know, it, 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 and it could have backfired. I'm not. Sure. You know, oh, a lot, of, a lot of my things backfire too. I mean, you know, there's food all over the floor. There's crayon all over the wall. I mean, this, this does not look like, you know, the perfect formula by any means, but yeah, it's a. Yeah. But I tried to empower them. I, you know, I, you make them come home at 1030 uh, every night on their senior year and then they go to college. They can do what they want. Mm -hmm. and they know they, So now they stay out till 630 and they don't go to class. And um, I, I think, I, I just think that having that conversation, like you said, having the conversations, making them aware, giving them all the information and letting them sort it out themselves and make their own decisions. It's called empowerment. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So you've got a new thing that you're in. You want to talk about that? Yeah. So I am in an apprenticeship program. It's called sex and happiness apprenticeship and certification with Lori Handlers and Brianna Krebeyer. Um, it's a group of, I think there's 15 of us. Okay. Um, but it's to gain a coaching certification. It's also to gain deeper knowledge in um, sex, intimacy, and relationship coaching. Um, it's a deeper dive into my own um, acknowledgement of my sexuality and, um, connection. There's a Tantra element to it. Um, Lori Handlers and Brianna are both, um, Tantra facilitators and educators. Um, but it is a nine month program and it's, I think we're about two months in now. So it's still really new, but it's, um, opened up so many new doors in my own, in my own personal uh, development. But I just, I'm, I'm so happy to be, to be involved with it. Yeah. Okay. So I have a couple questions. Yeah. All right. So uh, there may be a lot of people who are listening who heard the word Tantra and they automatically go to some seedy Kama Sutra <laughs> stuff that 
when they were growing up, uh, their friend had a magazine or something that showed them. Right. <laughs> you want to you want to expound on that a little bit? Yeah, I hope I can do it justice. Um, I actually struggled with even being able to explain it out loud for a while. Um, but my understanding, and let me tell you, this is kind of, I'm very much on the, the novice level here of, sure. of talking about it. But um, what makes sense to me is the way Lori has explained it um, is a weaving. Um, so it's, it's understanding your masculine and feminine sides and letting them all be there, right? So like, I recognized I was, I very much resonated with a more masculine side of myself and needed to develop a little bit more of the feminine side. Um, and it's essentially like your whole being. It's, it's all of you. It's every bit of you in the space of, of the universe. Like we're all here. We're all, you know, the energies that you play around with. Um, but when you, when you said yeah. that you, the, the things, uh, I forget exactly how you said it, but the things you needed to change, mm -hmm. words are important. I, don't, I mean, I'm not trying to call you out. I'm just trying to, to clarify for listeners. Please. Yeah. I, I think need is probably the wrong word. They were, there were things that you identified in you that you that you wanted to change that you opted to change. Is that yeah, I wanted to develop. I went through a lot of my beginning self development years thinking that I needed to be fixed. Yeah, that's where I was going with this. Yeah, and that I needed to change um, to fit into the the life I had created for myself, right? Um, and once I was able to step out of that life, give myself some space from that life is when I really said, oh my gosh, all of those parts of me are, are, are parts of me. And I can choose to step into those different aspects of myself, or I could choose to say, I see you there and it's okay mm -hmm. that you're there, but I'm going to not dive into that right now. Right. Um, so yeah, it, it was more of a acknowledging that there was an area that I hadn't really discovered or developed yet. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank and you. So it's, um, I, I kind of gathered from the con last conversation we had, it's pushed your boundaries a little bit. Oh, you, completely. You have, you have been faced with some things that you normally would have been judgmental about and completely changed your outlook on, on a lot of things. Oh Yeah. Can you see, look at here. I'm like, all I'm like holding my hands so super tightly. Like, okay. Yeah. It's a, I still get like a physical reaction a little bit talking about it because it's, it's a stretch for me. Um, but one that I'm, I'm really excited to be able to step into, to have the opportunity to be able to um, have deeper conversations around um, the stigma that I know I've held. Um, in regards to just my own sexual nature, right? And being able to have conversations and talk about the things that you desire, the things that you fear, um, being clear about your boundaries with a partner. Um, those are things that I didn't even know I had the ability to, to develop in, in a relationship 
They weren't part of your programming. Oh, not at all. Yeah. And, and, and when I say in a relationship, I mean just, you know, when you're sitting in the living room having a conversation, right? And if you can do that there, you can also take that into the bedroom too, which is kind of where the the tantra course that i learned that i was in right before the certification um it's called sex and happiness but we really didn't dive into even much of the sex re- sex related things because it was more about tapping into your to your own self to um acknowledging your own boundaries, how to communicate with a partner and all of those little bits and pieces to create a foundation to where you can then be able to translate that into a sexual experience with a partner. Um, So as scary as the word Tantra may sound, um, it's, it's way more in depth um, and not as, and it can be, I'm sure there's, plenty of worlds and kind of, you know, cracks and crevices in the tantric world that I literally know nothing about. Um, but, but the small little corner that I'm, I'm diving into right now, um, has, has been enough for me to have exciting conversations and learn more about myself. And yeah, that's awesome. I, 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 um, you know, the, the back to the programming thing, and uh, I'm raising a daughter, you know, and so to have, this isn't a judgment on parenting, but the society we grow up in, I think, tries to protect us from certain things, and and rightfully so, but there there is a side effect to that, and it's, it's ignorance and, and closed-mindedness, and they end up causing damage. And this is a perfect example of that with the things, you know, Tantra has been bastardized and, and that's what that was, you know, the joke about Kama Sutra was, was just that it's been bastardized. But when you really break it down, it is about pushing boundaries and, and about um, turn, like we've been talking about with the mindfulness, turning your attention inward and then learning to communicate that with a partner and share that with a partner, share your energy and really pushing the boundaries and elevating yourself. Um, And I'm sure it was, I'm sure it was, was scary, but like anything else, this is what mindfulness does Uh, to take this full circle and go all the way back to the beginning. Mindfulness gives us the clarity and the opportunity to have the confidence to push our boundaries beyond the fear and nothing ever, no, no one ever succeeded anything without pushing the boundaries beyond uh, their comfort zone. And and that is an, um, unless he did it accidentally and then, but those are, and far between so um that, that's really really cool I'm, I'm really looking forward to um to hearing more you know as you go through um through your class so um we're running short on time mm-hmm. um you're also a yoga instructor yes and um you do wellness coaching you do one-on-one yoga sessions uh via zoom correct i do that that's awesome yeah it's worked out really well actually my training ended March my yoga training ended like the weekend quarantine started so I we skipped that weekend and it was said okay here's your certification and I'm like what do I do with that how do I make that happen so I I sat with it for a while and and uh, someone reached out to me and said hey can you can you uh, teach me through zoom and I said I certainly will try and I've really enjoyed it so um 
I do, I am available for, and I, I love the one-on-one -on -one interaction. Um, just like you and I are having this conversation, um, yoga and private, um, private yoga sessions are very similar to that. So we have conversations, we can stop in the middle of class, we can talk about the way things feel and all that good stuff. So it's a, it's a really great um, conversation. Awesome. In that awesome. way, yeah. And you do some wellness coaching. I do, yeah. yeah so cool. I am doing wellness coaching um, focused in mindfulness meditation in yoga and uh, menstrual cycle awareness is another aspect that I like to bring into my wellness coaching. Awesome. Okay. So how do my listeners get a hold of you? So I just started a website. It's not fully up yet, um, but it will be ready in just a couple weeks. Um, it's the wildfire within.com. Um, and thank you. Yeah. I'm super excited about it. So, um, but I have an email. It's Danny at the wildfirewithin.com. Okay. D-A-N-I. D-A-N-I. Awesome. I will put this information up on my website as well, uh, which is thebradleyhall.com. And um, I'll put together a little page that has all your information and I'll put this video up with it. Um, last word of advice you want to give to my listeners? Ooh. Have the courage to get quiet. Make some time to sit with yourself in stillness. And uh, it's scary, isn't it? Yeah, and and be okay with what comes up. Yeah. Yeah. See, be willing to see what comes up as scary as it is. Because it's not going to kill you. We're afraid of things that that aren't going to really harm us. They won't. Which I, that's a little scary to tell someone that may not be having the best thoughts but right like seek help if there's if there's something that's that's coming up for you that that is you know that scary um because it, it can release trauma right like the, we were talking about it can release a lot of the things that uh we haven't seen but um it's it's all being shown for a reason yeah and and i i've talked about this before too and i, I want to read there there is a huge fear in the psychological community for trauma survivors uh, to uh, discover mindfulness. Mm. And, and, I th I, and I think it's both justified and it's, it's a little overblown. Um, because I, I think, and, and you remind me, you brought up a great point. People who have suffered severe trauma have to take mindfulness very slow for that reason. Yes. Um, in small doses. But I think it's also a critical component. And so I, I think it's a journey that's well worth starting, but do it with a coach, do it with, with a therapist. Um, do it with me. Do it with Danny. <laughs> do it with me. Um, right, yeah. That's... And, and even even if you have a coach and a therapist is even, even good too, because the therapist, they, they cover different aspects of, of the life. But um, I, I just want to, if you've suffered a lot of trauma and being alone with yourself is, is terrifying. Mm -hmm. Um, get with, get with a professional and express your desire to, to engage in mindfulness and just give it a shot in small doses at a time. It's not a race. You don't have, there's, as a matter of fact, again, going back to the beginning of the conversation, there is no destination. 
when you and I started taking this mindfulness course and we thought we pretty much knew what was going on, we learned that there's another level that we didn't know. And so now I know enough to know that there's more that I don't know. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah, a mind that in itself right there. <laughs> um, yeah. No, so, we, I mean, we thought we were doing it for like a, an end goal. Right. You know, like I, I was doing it for an end goal for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, I was still, I was still kind of in the mindset that I was checking things off the list very much. So how I had checked off college and this and that, you know, like all the next things. Um, so it really, it threw me for a loop for a little bit, but I, I really embraced the journey and, and am now furthering that in, in recognizing just those little bits every day that you can connect with, um, that can remind you that really, we're just talking about the present moment. What's here right now? How do you feel? What's arising for you? And, and sitting with that and, um, and, and then doing something about it if you need to, you know, like you said, there's a lot of trauma can come back up and um, old wounds that you haven't seen in a long time, um, you know, and then at that point, you have the ability to be able to navigate that, whether you want to dissect it, pick it apart, learn about yourself a little bit more through all of that, analyze it, see where those patterns have come up for, you know, before in your life and how your programming has then propelled you further and and further or you say cool i'm ready to let that shit go and yeah, and watch it you know watch it kind of escape out of your body and see it for what it is and and then send it off with forgiveness and love and and say see you later sometimes doing nothing's the best thing to do it could be yeah that's what the situation yeah. calls for you know yeah awesome didn't disappoint excellent conversation i, I want to thank you for joining me um and being vulnerable, you know, uh, we talked a lot about a lot of vulnerable topics and um, we need more of that. People need to, people need to examine themselves and then they need to be able to share that. And I think it solved a lot of the world's problems. So I appreciate you doing that with me today. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for having me and, and stretching me a little bit. This was, this was a little bit of a stretch for me to say all these things out loud, but I really, really um, knew that this was an opportunity and, and I'm so happy to be able to speak about it. So yeah. thank you good. so much. Good, good. You're welcome. And uh, let's, um, I, I don't know what it looks like and when, but let's, uh, <clears throat> let's work on something together. That sounds great. Okay. Yeah, good. we'll figure be, it out. Yeah, I'll be in touch. Okay. okay. Thanks, Danny. <laughs> You're welcome. Bye. Bye. I'm going to take a quick second to thank you for your support. If you want to learn more about what I do, you can find more information at www.thebradleyhall.com. You can find me on social media at The Bradley Hall. Find me on YouTube as The Health Preacher. If there's something you'd like me to cover on the show, you'd like me to talk about, please drop us a line and let me know. You can find that information on any of those outlets that, that I just gave you. And uh, remember, please remember to like, share, subscribe, and tell all your friends. Thanks.